Hello, and welcome to Your Investment Partners with Paul and Garrett, where we talk about all things financial, focusing on helping you plan, keep, and grow for a successful future. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. And if you're tuning in again, welcome back and thank you for listening. Hello, and welcome to Your Investment Partners with Paul and Garrett. Today, we highlight part of our investment philosophy. We discuss why we invest the way we do, why we like rising dividends, and benefits of long-term investment approach. As a reminder, this is for informational purposes only. And if you have any particular questions about any of the items discussed today, please reach out either by phone or email. My name is Garrett Smith, and we look forward to having you with us today. One thing we're going to talk about is is kind of a high level, our uh, kind of one of our core investment philosophies, I guess, if you will. Yeah. And we just want to remind you that uh, when we go through this, we'll, we'll probably talk about some specific stocks, but they're not necessarily recommendations for everybody listening. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they're probably stocks that are certainly in our portfolio and the right weighting and stuff, but you know, no, no timely recommendation intended here. Right. Yeah. We, we may or may not own them. You may or may not own them. You know, it's, it, yeah, we're definitely not making any recommendations, just highlighting some uh, particular companies that kind of help us understand what we're trying to accomplish. And and kind of highlight our investment philosophy a little bit. Right. And I think that just kind of stepping back is, you know, what is the problem we're trying to solve? You know, what are we trying to, to do? And I think as investors, we all approach the market with different hopes and fears, if you will. Mm-hmm. And, and one thing that the market... It, it, in the investment market has shown us that if you can find high quality companies and hang on to them for a long time, it works. Right. It, 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 it's not so fun in the mean, in the short term. <laughs> I think it drives us all crazy. But one of our goals that we always do for ourselves and our clients is how can we stay invested kind of through the thick and thin because making an, an emotional short term decision historically has been far more costly. Oh yeah, I've noticed in my career that young younger investors are um, super impatient and far too aggressive, and older investors have a tendency to uh, worry a lot and maybe be a little more conservative than they need to be. So it's just it's just finding the right balance. Yeah, and and, and it's you know how can you sleep at night? Right. You know if if. There's always going to be volatility. It's that's never going away. Yep. And so, how can you um, do it in a way that you can have a reasonable return, with a reasonable rate of risk that lines up with your goals? Now, obviously, this you know we we tailor portfolios for everybody, but that's kind of the backbone, the core of what we do. We often call it you know what do we do with the family money? Mm-hmm. It's the first dollars in. It's the dollars that you're going to be feeding your family with for a long time to come. You're going to be taking care of yourself with. It's going to buy you the new car. It's going to, you know, it's these. It's going to keep up with inflation. It's going to help you retire when you're supposed to, maybe early. Yeah. It's, we're not trying to hit a home run. We're just right. trying to reach goals in a, in as a reasonable fashion as we can without as too much pain. Right. And, and that leads us to kind of one of the elements is uh, rising dividend paying companies. Right. Now, Paul, why are we such a fan of rising dividend paying companies? Man, I love I love rising dividend paying companies. And and what happens with those is you just you get a pay increase every year. I mean, <laughs> it's just uh, and over time, it makes a huge difference, uh, not only in your uh, performance of your portfolio, but the stability of your portfolio also. Yeah. And I think one thing, so a dividend, right, is just, it's a company says, thanks for owning us. Here's some 
cash from the balance sheet instead of reinvesting it into other projects or doing other things. They pay it back to you as a shareholder. And so you can just think of it as like it's interest on a stock. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Or it's like, you know, rent off a rental property or something. It's just it's income that comes back to you that you can decide what to do with it. Most people, it ends up being reinvested in the portfolio or they'll take it as income if they're living on it. But I think one thing that it highlights is companies that pay a rising dividend, you know, assuming if it's done right and prudently, shows great underlying fundamentals of a company. You can't pay more every year if you're not a well-run company and you're not actually doing the service or providing the good that is needed to the individual. And so companies that are run well, have great market share, are the ones that tend to go this direction of rising dividends because a lot of companies choose not to pay dividends. Right. Yeah, and the non-dividend payers, um, you, you know, the the more growthy type companies, um, you know, they just want to hang on to their cash. They are consumers of cash. And and a lot of times they will, you know, issue stock to for employee compensation and, and things that, you know, they just don't have the right same amount of cash flow that these dividend payers have. If you're a CEO of a company and you're, let's say your company earns, you know, $2 a share uh, in, in profits, um you know, you can look at it and say, well, we can pay out 50 cents a share in dividends and it's not really going to it's not really going to hurt us that much. And then the next year they're going to try and earn, you know, three dollars a share. And so if they earn three dollars a share, hey, we can pay 75 cents a share in dividend this year. So and I think one thing that it also allows you to do is, uh, you know, in the case that you're still accumulating, still in the savings phase, those dollars in it come back to you. And let's say you're in a down market like what we've been and you still like the company, well, it just allows you to turn around and purchase more shares of the company. Right. And so you're, you're buying a company that you like that's run well at a cheaper price. And I think that's one of the best thing about uh, dividend payers. Most most of the you know really quality dividend payers. Um, I mean, I don't I don't think we had uh, one stock in our portfolio last year that cut their dividend. It was a terrible year in the market. The market was down. S and P was down. I don't know twenty percent or so and. Our portfolios were, you know, not down that much, but, you know, down. But all the dividends were the same. In fact, they all went up right. last year. Every single one of them went up. Yeah, and that and that allows you, you know, on the retirement side, you've got more dollars, even though the market's down, yeah. to, to keep up with inflation. That's that's a big one because that's really the kind of the core piece of that, you know, backbone portfolio, that core portfolio, the family money portfolio is to reach those goals. And one of the biggest ones is just to keep up with inflation, yep. keep up with the spending power and rising dividends historically have tend to help with that significantly. For sure. Yep. So I think to kind of highlight maybe some of the characteristics that it takes to, um, you know, become part of the dividend paying list, because there's a lot of companies that pay dividends. There's not a lot of them that raise their dividends, nor there are not a lot of them that raise them consistently. Right. And so I think there's there's kind of some interesting points to to keep in mind about companies that we're looking for uh, that that fit in the portfolio. Right. And and I think the kind of the first and foremost one is they're they're you know fundamentally sound. They've got you know a well established balance sheet. They're not. They've got a lot of assets. They got, you know, employees, they got a lot of good things going for them on the balance sheet and and have that ability to then pay that dividend. And not a ton of competitors in their marketplace. You know, they're, they're kind of, uh, you know, an industry leader in what they do. 
Um, they, they, they have uh, competitive protections and they're, they're just really, really solid companies. Yeah. And I think that it kind of puts them in that more mature defensive area. Um, so they're that, that established company is, is kind of highlights that they're, you know, more mature, usually a little bit more defensive and that kind of allows, um, you know, there's usually a little bit more buyers of those types of companies, even in down markets, mm-hmm. because they're kind of the places you still turn to and still use even even during, you know, slowing times of the economy. And we want them to have a, uh, a history of, of, you know, generally having a history of paying, uh, paying a dividend. You know, we want to we want to see, oh, they've been paying a dividend and increasing it every year for for like 10 years. Um as I think through that, one of the rare exceptions that I can think of that was um, Apple Computer for a long time was not on our, our dividend stock list, even though it was a great company. And um, they finally decided to start paying a dividend and indicated that they were going to you know, be a dividend paying payer going forward. And shortly after, uh, the research indicated, hey, we need to add this company to our uh, to our list. And and so it you know, got put on and, and it's, but generally we want to see a pretty long history of them paying a dividend and raising that dividend on an annual basis. Cause usually if you're paying that, that means you're not paying that dividend by raising debt. Say sometimes companies will go take out a loan to meet their dividend. Well, you, you can't do that long-term, you know, right. you can't, you, the credit card only goes so far. <laughs> and uh, so that's not a, you know, a well-run established company, um, nor do we want to see them you know, greatly issuing a lot of shares to make those dividend payments, right. whether it's to pay employees or whether it's to, you know, hey, let's raise some shares out in the public market and then turn around and send those dollars out as a dividend. It just doesn't, that doesn't move the the company forward in any material way. And so you have to be careful with that. So, and I think that's one point to think about because there's a lot of dividend type ETF mutual funds out there. And it's really easy to just buy those based on the yield. Well, which one's paying me the highest yield? Right. Well, that yield might not have any longevity or quality to it. It looks good on paper. There's, you know, you're using some debt to supplement it and and you can get a really big number, Uh, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be a year over year. Yeah. You generally don't want to do a sort and say, give me the (laughs) highest, you know, dividend paying companies and and buy that list because, you know, th- those companies are pretty vulnerable and a lot of them will cut their dividends shortly after uh, they they make that list. So you have to be really, really careful. Make sure that there's financial strength and earnings power uh, behind that dividend to to allow it to continue to grow. Because, you know, we, we don't want to buy a company and just have the same dividend. And we'll illustrate that in a minute. But, you know, we, we want to buy it. It's got a reasonable dividend but more importantly, that they've got the, the the stamina and the ability to continue to grow that dividend over time. Yeah, and I think that it, that kind of it turns around gives us the effect of uh, historically reducing that volatility of a portfolio because they become, you know, as, as if the share price starts to come down and that dividend's still going up, well, you say, you know, I still trust this company. It's just out of favor right now. Right. They still are earning a lot of money, still got a lot of cash flow coming through. And we like to see dividends paid out of that cash flow, which is just kind of basically after all the expenses are paid, what's left over, and then paying some of that out as a dividend um, instead of, um, you know, doing some other financial engineering, I guess, if you will. And those companies are appealing in market pullback times because they they generally uh, show some signs of, of, of quality and strength during that time of the market. Yeah, they'll generally... Uh 
go down in value significantly less than just the market averages. And then on the reverse side, they usually don't go straight up as fast as, right. as other companies do. You know, I think that's one thing rising dividend payers historically haven't been many technology-based companies. And that's where a lot of growth has come out of the market over the last few years. But that's just because those are uh, those tech companies are geared to try to do something different mm-hmm. uh, than, than kind of be a well-established you know, company year after year. We're trying to double, you know, hit, hit a lot higher goals. And that requires using cash instead of sending it back out to shareholders. Right. And there's a place for those in your portfolio, but it's after laying the foundation of, you know, all right, let's just let's just make sure we're, you know, we're we're really wide and we're really secure with the start of the portfolio. Right. And so I think to kind of highlight that, maybe it's worth looking at a couple of companies um, that have done this over time and kind of what it's resulted in. Yeah. So I pulled up a list of uh, just a couple of companies. Now, keep in mind, these are not timely, you know, buys or anything like that, but. I uh, just tried to pick a couple of companies that, that you know, everybody's familiar with. So we'll start off with Lowe's, uh, the home improvement store. Okay. So back in 2013, um, you could buy 100 shares of Lowe's for $3,500. So it was at, it was at uh, $35 a share, 100 shares, uh, $3,500. At that point, the annual dividend was only $68. So, you know, it's not a huge dividend at that point. Uh, so it's paying 68 cents a share. The next year it raised it to 82 cents a share and then a dollar two. And eventually last year that dividend had gone all the way from 68 cents a share to uh, $3 and 70 cents a share. So now you're getting uh, $370 of dividend on that original $3,500 purchase. So based on the original purchase, that yield is now like 10% on that original purchase, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so, I mean, what a great deal. You get 10% on your money and, and rising going forward. And then the other thing that's interesting is that $3,500. Oh, by the way, over that 10 years, it grew to about 19000 as a side benefit. Uh Another one, Costco. We always talk about Costco, you know, when the market cracks and people are worried. We say, go look at Costco, see if there's anybody in the parking lot. And, you know, of course, everybody laughs because they know what the parking lot looks like at Costco. But uh, 10 years ago, you buy Costco for $110 a share. So 100 shares cost you $11,000. Your dividend's only uh, $121 a year. So it's, it's, you know, a little over a 1% dividend doesn't really sound that great. But that uh, $121 dividend the next year was 138 and then 156 and so on and so forth. And last year was $350. So your dividend grew from, from $120 to $350 uh, over that same time period. And oh, by the way, your, your Costco stock uh, grew from $11,000 to $50,000. So not a bad kicker. Yeah. One more. We'll just go through United Healthcare. It's just the, you know, the big insurance company, the health insurance company. Um, You know, they, they kind of own their market, so to speak. 10 years ago, their, uh, their stock price was $60 a share. So a hundred shares of, of United Healthcare would cost $6,000. They paid 105 
dollar dividend. So it was a little less than 2% dividend um, 10 years ago. But that $105 dividend grew to 141 and then 188 and so on and so forth. Last year, uh, the dividend on that same 100 shares was $640. So your $6,000 original investment is now paying a $640 dividend, you know, nearly an 11% dividend based on your original purchase price. And, and that, that's really what we're looking for in this portfolio mm-hmm. is just increased cash flow over time to offset inflation. And, and it provides uh, portfolio stability and just there's so many benefits behind it. But the kicker always is, is that the $6,000 grew to uh, about 47000 So uh, over time, it just, you know, we focus on income growth. And then over time, the price just seems to follow along. And I think that's, uh, but what, that's not the focus, right? right? That, and I think that's a good thing to highlight is when you're, is when you're looking for a high quality dividend paying company. Oftentimes, you do get growth associated with it as well. Yes, because they're just a better company over time, or they couldn't maintain that dividend. Yeah. Now, you know, once again, those aren't recommendations or anything. It's just great to see what actually happened out in the market and yeah. what, is, what is possible. And so it's just finding those across a lot of different sectors, a lot of different areas in the market, both in the U.S. and internationally, to give us that rising dividend over time without diluting the shareholder base. Without, so by sectors, you mean? So like energy and right. healthcare, and, um, you know, there's, there's industrials and industrials and information technology, materials, real estate. You know, there's a lot of, lot of different ones. And we don't want them all bunched up in, you know, in one economic sector. Yeah. Now like financial companies, yeah, right? You wouldn't yeah, want all your money in in, in finance companies because, you know, right now they're they're a little out of favor. Yeah. And and so if you can get rising dividends with some diversification, it's it's a great, you know, sleep at night. It can be a great sleep at night portfolio. And that's why we're we're fans of it to overcome inflation, give us that uh, increasing um, rising dividend. Uh, so that we can either reinvest in the companies if we still like them or do other things. And I think one question that we hear a time or two is, well, how long can they raise dividends? And the answer is, we don't know, but we'll <laughs> own them for as long as they can. Yes. And the great thing about it is we're not stuck with them. Right. <laughs> There's always the yeah. opportunity to sell and move on. And that's why, you, you know. Which does happen on occasion. Which does happen, but, yeah. But we want to buy them based on, we plan on owning this thing for, you know, 10, 15 Hopefully, thirty years, if possible. Right, right. Yeah, we're we're going to stick with them through through thick and thin if they're still until they well prove run. us otherwise. And yeah, or if they show any indication that hey, we think this dividend's in trouble, and it shows up way up in the balance sheet of they're not earning as much cash as they can, their expenses have gone way up. Maybe they made an acquisition, maybe they did something else that has caused you know problems, and that's what causes. Maybe them to- they had a big oil leak in the Gulf because that happened once. <laughs> and we had to sell because you know we don't know what the litigation is going to be on this. Oh, we better get rid of this guy. Yeah, and 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 as you do that over time, it it brings it brings peace of mind. We're, we're real fans of it. We put our dollars right there too. Client dollars follow us because they obviously uh, choose to work with us there. So I think I think that kind of highlights a lot of the major reasons why we like rising dividend paying companies. You bet. Well, thanks for joining us again today. And, you know, once again, this isn't any particular advice. I feel like you have to say that a hundred times in this world. Uh, It's just a concept review for educational purposes only. I feel like all the compliance language is coming to my mind right now, but appreciate you joining us. And if you have questions about your particular situation, 
please reach out. It's our favorite thing we do is actually talk yep. to our clients. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in and listening to Your Investment Partners with Paul and Garrett. If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, visit us at ascendinvestment.com where you can subscribe to our newsletter to keep you up to date. See you in the next episode. Kessler, Norman, and Ride, LLC, DBA, Ascend Investment Partners is a registered investment advisor. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where our firm and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. No advice may be rendered by Ascend Investment Partners unless a client service agreement is in place. The opinions expressed in this podcast are for general informational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice, performance data, or recommendations that any particular security, portfolio of securities, transaction, or investment strategy is suitable for any specific person. This program is only intended to provide education about the financial industry. All opinions contained in this podcast are subject to change at any time without notice. To determine which, if any, investments may be appropriate for you, please consult with your financial advisor prior to investing. Any past performance discussed during this podcast is not guaranteed of future results. As always, please remember that all investing involves risk and possible loss.